Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 51. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adamar Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you guys all had a beautiful weekend. I hit kind of a interesting milestone uh, on the weekend that I'm going to share with you. And actually on Friday night, I was photographing the Metric and July Talk show at the Scotiabank Arena here in Toronto for 102.1 The Edge. Uh, and the relevancy of this show was that it was the 300th concert that I've attended in my life, which, you know, to the average person is a lot of concerts. I, I know some photographers that, that have shot like 50 shows this year. Uh, so to them, it's probably nothing. But yeah, 300 shows. And that actually, that only includes 300 shows that I took in in full. And what I mean by that is, uh, if you don't know, concert photographers, they only shoot usually the first three songs. And I think photographers are actually very much mistreated in that they actually don't get a ticket to the show afterwards. And they do so much work. There's hours of editing goes into the work. And most photographers are, they shoot three songs and then they're pretty much escorted out of the building. So quite often I get to stay because uh, I usually do a review or interview or some sort of media that, that gets me a ticket as well. But yeah, a lot of photographers don't even get to watch the show, which I think is very unfair because like I said, they do a lot, a lot of work. So there's been the odd show here and there that that I was only shooting, uh, and that's, those shows aren't included in that three, list of 300 shows. Um, so these are 300 concerts that I've taken in in full. So, I mean, I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I told a friend about it on the weekend, and he said, congratulations, man, that's awesome. And I was like, I, I, is that something you really congratulate on? I, I don't know, but uh, it's cool. Anyways, yeah, 300 shows. And I guess that's also... Back-to-back weeks with milestones. Last week, we had our 50th episode. So let's get to today, then. 51st episode, because we've got a really cool one for you today as well. We've got the godfather of Canadian hip-hop, MC Maestro Fresh West, right here on the Adamantium Podcast. Let your backbone slide, baby. I met up with Maestro here at my quote-unquote studio to talk about his life in hip-hop, hip-hop today, his new album Champagne Campaign, and the 30th anniversary of his iconic debut album Symphony in Effect. And I have to give a quick shout-out to Maestro because he did something that in 50 episodes I haven't had yet, and, uh, you know, I'm... I'm always prepared for my interviews. I do my research, and I'm pretty confident in my interviewing abilities. And quite often, when I meet with people there, I don't know if they're surprised by that or they're just uh, they appreciate it because I think I think a lot of artists, especially, go through very generic interviews. So they say they enjoy it because our our interviews are atypical, and we get to talk about things that maybe they don't normally get to talk about. So uh, thank you to everyone who always you know, compliments me afterwards. And Maestro did the same. He said, this is a great interview. But one thing he did that no one's done yet is he gave me some advice. And, you know, Maestro has been in the music industry for, as we mentioned, 30 years. So, you know, he told me this is great. Here's some things you can do even better. Here's some things that artists like to be asked. And here's some things you can avoid. And uh, so I, I really, really, really appreciated that. I've used some of his advice already. And it's been 
extremely helpful. So thank you to Maestro for the advice. I'm a big believer in constructive feedback. It's the only way you grow. It's the only way you get better. So thank you again for that. All right, this one's more so probably for the younger generations listening in. Five songs by Maestro Fresh West that you need to listen to. Starting with that album we're celebrating, Symphony in Effect, you got to check out Maestro's anthem, Let Your Backbone Slide, and the song Drop the Needle. Then moving forward about a decade to Maestro's album, Built to Last, you got to check out 416 to 905, and of course, Stick to Your Vision. And then... The last song I'm going to recommend is from Maestro's brand new album, Champagne Campaign. It's my favorite song on the album, which we talk about in the interview. It's called Somewhere Down the Line. If you are listening to this show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and a review if you'd be so kind. The Adamantium Podcast is also now available on Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're also available on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter just by searching The Adamantium. All right, here we go. Maestro Fresh West on episode number 51 of The Adamantium Podcast. This is a showdown, a throwdown. Hell no, I can't slow down. It's going to go... All right, welcome to the Adamantium Podcast. We're here with Maestro Fresh West. Yes, yes. Godfather of Canadian hip-hop. Thank you, thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. I'd love to have you here, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We got new, we got lots to talk about. You just had the Junos. Yeah. New album out, Champagne Campaign. Ninth studio album, man. It's huge. But I want to, before we get into all that, I want to take it back all the way to the beginning. Yeah. So I want to know... How you first fell in love with hip hop? 1979, Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, um, was a track, and after that it was a rap. Then you know my dad also got um, he got that record, but he also got the breaks by Curtis Blow, but he also got uh, Jimmy Spicer. This this artist by the name of Jimmy Spicer had a song called Super Rhymes, and that was on Dad's record. So if it wasn't 79, it was 80 that came out. But Super Rhymes was a yeah, it was a really dope record. Jimmy Spicer is the name of the artist. Very influential MC from back in the days. Super Rhymes was the was the, was the track, man. When I heard that, I was like, wow, this guy's incredible. Um, yeah. So then, how? So tell me what the the hip hop scene was like. Back in, in the seventies, like late seventies, early. It was just like sound crews, like yeah, like Sunshine. Um, crews like that, you know. Um, I, seven, I was only I was only eleven when I was fifteen. You know, that's when I started getting into uh, more like uh, radio, performing on radio. So Ron Nelson put me on radio, CKLN. I was eighty two, eighty three, and um, from that I was known as the Melody MC back then. And um, yeah, I was just um, rhyming on radio and, and um, opening up for U.S. acts. So back in the days, I'd say I, the first U.S. act I ever opened up for was UTFO. They were yeah, an yeah. old school group, and they had a track called, they had a hit record called Roxanne, Roxanne. So that, that was the first time I ever opened up for somebody from, like an act from, from the States. Then after that, there was a group called the Beastie Boys, which we ain't never <laughs> Who's heard. Who's that? Who's yeah, that? Yeah, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> like, we never, we never heard of white rappers before. So, and because back then we didn't have videos. Right. So when they said, 
these the Beastie Boys. We were like, who? We didn't know. We didn't know who they were. And then, you know, MCA, rest in peace, he was the first cat I ever seen jump into the crowd. Mm -hmm. Maj Pit style. I was like, who are these guys, man? It was like, it was groundbreaking for me, man. So, um, and then, you know, I kept it moving, kept it moving and um, making demo tapes after demo tapes. I was in a group called Vision. And we made demo tapes after demo tapes, and then and then just kept it moving, man. And then you know, back in then, those days, you know, a lot of U.S. acts were coming to uh, to Toronto, and then um, you know, I took I took like a year off for a hot minute, just to reassess a couple of things, and then it was like, okay, l let me go and do this. And then I was at the right place at the right time. Second time performing Electric Circus, an artist by the name of Stevie B was visiting uh, Toronto from the states. And he was on a label called LMR Records. And the rest is history, man. That's, I performed Electric Backbone Slide for the first time on Electric Circus. Electric Circus, man. Oh, There's music. a flashback. Yeah, and that's how I got my deal. The rest is Canadian music history, man. Wow. And um, so what was, like, where was the, where, where in the city was, was like, the hip-hop scene? Because hip-hop, you know, it Concert took hall. a little while. Concert hall. Concert hall. Oh, concert okay. hall, yeah. Yeah, because hip-hop took a little, a little longer and it was concert hall. That's where it was, man. Concert hall. Uh, what do you call uh, Sound Academy? What's that called now? Oh, the um, Rebel. Rebel. Yeah. So back in the day, it was called Club Fresh. Yeah. That was that was where we opened up for uh, UTFO. Okay. <laughs> and you know, I think I performed like Lee's Palace, spots like okay. that. Okay. But like. El Combo, anything like that? I never did the El Combo. I think I seen Master Ace do that recently, a few years ago. Okay. I came on just to say what up, but um, I, I know of the El Combo, yeah. but I never, I never played there. And um, yeah, man. So that's 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 it, man. That's back in the days, man. And uh, so when did you realize? Because I know, uh, you know, a big thing for you, you went to school and you finished your degree. No, I didn't actually. Didn't. I just went there for a year. I went okay. To Carlton for a year. You went to Carlton for a year. For a year, yeah. it's the law, political science, and I'm like, yo, let me just work on my music, see what it takes me. And then a year and a half later, I got my record deal. So was that, yeah, when did you realize that you know I can make a career out of my music? I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I knew what I was doing was was groundbreaking for for Canadian music. You know what I'm saying? And I, I took a, a shot with it. And, um, yeah. Well, it was history. it was tough in in Canada at that time. I mean, I, I'm only doing from what I've learned. Um, but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of, you know, you know, at least mainstream. There wasn't a lot of mainstream hip hop coming out of Can nah. not not just Toronto but Canada in general. Yeah, man, it was so tough, man. What what made you? What do you think made you break through that maybe held others back? I don't know, belief in myself, being independent, um, you know, taking my own initiative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, having a vision, you know, and, um, yeah, that's probably it, man. And, and come with the right songs, man. I'm a good, I, I think, I like to think I'm a good songwriter. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and think my production, my producers did an awesome job. Peter and Anthony Davis, the first defense. They did an awesome job and, um, with the album. I would let you back on slide, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um Yeah. And I mean right off the right off the bat that song took Yeah, off. that was the one, so. man. That was the track for Canada. That's like the Canadian that's like the unofficial Canadian hip hop national anthem, man. Yeah, man. And let your backbone slide, man. When when that song came out, did you know, did your life change overnight? Yeah. So tell no, me was it that's like overnight, but yeah, like when the video dropped it was crazy because, you know, Canada's never seen anything like that before. Toronto's never seen anything like that before. Yeah. 
it was new to a lot of people. So so now all of a sudden were you being you know requested to be yeah everywhere right yeah and you know you got to pick your balance you can't do yeah. everything so yeah okay so when I I was trying to think of my first memories of listening to hip hop yeah I was I was I grew up in a house with with the Rolling Stones and and, and Stones you know, are the dope, Beatles man. of course of course this is my dad listened to yeah, you know some of my parents Bruce Springsteen and of course so I grew up on rock and roll and so my first exposure to hip hop. You know, was at school and probably you know the late '90s. Yeah. So my, I was trying to think of you know, I, I first listened to Dre and Snoop and Eminem. Okay. Yeah. And now we're now we're looking at, we're 30 years later and they're now celebrating. Yeah. 30th anniversary of yeah. Symphony in Effect and Let Your Backbone Slide. Like you said, that's kind of like a Canadian hip hop yeah. anthem. And again, just like you said, you got Billboard, you got Top 40. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't know if you know, it was the best-selling Canadian hip-hop song until 2008. So for 20 years, you held that that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty you know crazy. That that's without internet and what happened. Yeah, man, and even, so even last year, I, I found this list from the Toronto Star put out. I don't know if you saw this. No. It was the top 100 songs to ever come out of Toronto. All genres. Mm-hmm. All genres. And this was, this was written about a year ago, and Let Your Backbone Slide was number two. What was number one? Number one was a was a tragically hip song. Blood fire. Yeah, and well, now also you got You also got to think this was around the time that Gord Downey passed, right? So, you know that was fresh in people's mind. Number two, ahead of Rush, ahead of man. Blue Trust Rodeo, me, I, I didn't twist yeah. anybody's arms for yeah. none of them things because I don't watch them so, things. So when you when you hear these things now, what is what is it? Like I got a slogan, man. First of all, thank you, number one. Yeah. But number two, like I got a slogan: Don't make records, make history. Right. Because I'm sure all those artists they made history. You know, what I'm saying I'm mm-hmm. honored to be on a list like that, man. It's crazy. Yeah, the Toronto Star too. It's not you know it's a legit list. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what is what does that album mean to you now, thirty years later? Yeah, I mean, I'm proud of what my accomplishments are. I don't lie on my laurels, though, man. It's like, you know, like, what did Quincy Jones feel when he first put out his first big band album? Right. What did he feel when he put out his first swing? Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or bebop, you know what I mean? It's like we take it and we embrace what we do, mm-hmm. that we evolve, man, you know what I'm saying? So that's my whole thing now, man. I'm proud of what I did before. I don't really stress that. I think 30 years is sometime, something that you should, you know, document, celebrate. But yeah. how am I celebrating? I'm celebrating that with a brand new 12 track with album. With a new man. album. You know Making what I'm saying? More, yeah. As opposed to sit back and lie on my laurels saying, man, back in the days I was just dandy. Right. right. That's not really, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. 100%. So, you know, like, don't get it twisted. When I perform, I, I perform that track like like a beast. Of course. Don't get it twisted. But as an artist, to grow, it's important for me not to, um, you know, that's cool, man. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you another example. Um, Oasis in the 90s, they had Wonderwall. And for a while, they were just like, hey, we're still making great music, you know? Yeah. Morning Glory, that album was was what it was, but, you know. Yeah, listen, no, but like, listen, don't get twisted. Mm-hmm. Like, Chubby Checker, yeah. when he performs, he better do the twist. Right, of don't course. Don't get twisted. You know what I'm saying? It's part mm-hmm. of the point. Um, Andy Kim. Yeah. He could do a record with The Weeknd. Right. You better do sugar, sugar, and yeah. rock me gently. Yeah. So I know that. Like, well, it's I, the same. I, we had uh, we had snow on this show. Yeah, he's gonna do a so form. You gotta do a form. Do a right? form. But what I'm saying but, is, you know, he's he's not I, sitting back on. You know, nah, man. What I'm doing, you know, I just did a show at the Juno Fest, man. We smashed that. You know what I mean? And, and so what'd you play at Juno's? What songs? Yeah. I mean, of course, drop the needle. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, stick to your vision. Backbone slide. I did a little still too much. 
Then I did Waste You, I did Somewhere Down the Line. Yeah. Where Adam Adam Bomb came down, Dusty Wallace came down too. So, you know, we did a we did a good little show there. I did the Godwin Joint, Criminal Mind. Sweet. Um, All right. You know, I did Reach for the Sky with the blue my blue rodeo joint, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know. It was a very eclectic show. You know, I did drama, the new one, the first song on the new album. Yeah. That features Toner on that, so you know. That's very cool, man. So yeah, so let's talk about Champagne Campaign. Just came out what a week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Ninth studio album. Describe describe the album to me to 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 maybe someone who's maybe new to your music or or you know maybe know some of the old stuff. What's what what can they expect on Champagne Campaign? Champagne Campaign. You got some boom bap. You got some I don't know trap. You got some funk. You got slashes of splashes of, of like rock, <laughs> splashes of reggae, undertones of calypso, maybe. But you got an overtone of Toronto. Yeah. That's what it is, man. It could be a track like Lennox Lewis. You know what I'm saying? I know that's why I, you know I know you from Kitchener Waterloo, but you get you know you get you, you can hear that on dark darker than blue, waste you, die empty, drama. Like when you hear these songs, it's like, you know, you got an overtone of Toronto. If you're from Toronto, you're gonna relate, especially. Yeah, but globally, it's, globally, it's, it's applicable, it's put, man. I mean, Toronto's been put on the map now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tell me, uh, I, it was an interesting. I think it was at the beginning of the video. What is waste? You is a is a Toronto term, right? Yeah, with, with Caribbean roots. That okay. Is, it's just it's just it's just a a, a whatless guy, just a kid who's just not you know or you know. Not on point, who has no care in the world. It's just okay. a waste of time, waste of space. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was supposed to be an interlude. It ended up being a whole song, man. Just The more I kept writing, the more ridiculous it sounded, man. Right. Like, yo, this is dope, man. <laughs> you know? So how do you think Champagne Campaign fits into today's kind of hip-hop scene? How it no, fits in? I don't yeah. know if it does fit in. It's me. Okay. You get what I'm saying? What I, what I, like, and the reason I'm asking this because what I really liked when I listened through Champagne Campaign, oh, yeah. you got a lot of those funk elements. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, it's got like some some deep roots. Yeah. Which would I've always liked when it comes to to hip hop. Uh-huh. You know, one of my favorite hip hop groups is is the Roots. Oh, because, dope. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. because they're a dope group, man. Well, I mean, I love them because they're they're like phenomenal musicians. As yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, that's what I like when it comes to hip hop. And and um, you know, like I said, I, I I've grown up a old school rock and roll guy, so wicked, wicked. I always appreciate that. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes I, I struggle with some some modern hip hop, in the sense that some of that doesn't seem to be there anymore. You know, and and you know what, man, I'm just going to add on to you. Yeah, yeah. Go, I am such a fan of music and yeah. such a fan of looking at points of reference. Right. My points of reference, I'll tell you, you talk about rock? Okay, let's talk rock. Yeah. Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd's biggest record was a disco record called The Wall. Yeah. That's disco. Right. Rolling Stones. Another, Kiss did the same thing. Another, yeah. But let's look at let's look at, at two iconic, I know Kiss is iconic in their own way, yeah. but let's take it to the top top. Okay. Pink Floyd. Rolling Stones. You don't get more rock and roll than that, than, yeah. than, than Pink Floyd. Yeah. The biggest record was a disco record called yeah, The Wall. Yeah. Rolling Stones, one of the, the biggest rock groups in, ever. Their biggest, one of their biggest albums was Tattoo You. Yeah. Their singles, were, those were disco records, um, Emotional Rescue and whatnot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you look at like uh, Quincy Jones, like I mentioned, he did all these records. 
in the 50s, these jazz records, 60s and 70s, he was making movies, like sound scores or whatever, mm -hmm. but in the 80s, he's done a disco record with, with Michael Jackson, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And look at, look at all these artists I just mentioned. What is disco? Disco was popular music. Mm -hmm. So when you look at trap right now, what is trap? It's popular music. As hip-hop artists, what do we do? We extract from jazz, we extract from funk, we extract right, from right. reggae, we extract from whatever. So, whatever. so if, if trap is a sub-genre of this uh, genre right. of hip-hop, that's why it was it was a very cohesive blend when I made tunes like Waysuit mm -hmm. or like Darker Than Blue or Die Empty. It wasn't that... that um, Alien. It wasn't. It wasn't that. That strange. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, to some orthodox, conventional hip hop dude, and right. like, what's he doing? But then I got to use my reference point. I'm sure there was conventional rockheads that were like, "What is Pink Floyd doing with this right. line over here? Yeah. What are they doing? What is What is Keith Richards doing? What's Mick Jagger doing with this Tattoo You album? You know what I'm saying? What's Quincy doing? Isn't he a jazz aficionado? What's he doing with this disco right, thing? Right. For this? Michael Jackson. And let's look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was a Motown artist, you yeah. know what I'm saying? With the Jackson 5. When he went to, to Columbia, he did some disco. Those were yeah. disco records. So all disco was was popular music at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So me, me extracting or implementing some trap, and if, if trap was a sub-genre, of our genre, okay. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's why, you know, people like what I'm doing with the new stuff. It's not that far fetched. It's not that far away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, they, I, might be, they may, may be initially surprised, but then when you really think about it, it's like, yo, you know, it's cool. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, I mean, hip hop, of course, just like any other, like you said, like rock and stuff. It's got it's got subgenres. Yeah, you're listening to what you're listening to, my dude. For like, sure. Everybody has their own time, their own mm -hmm. ear, their own whatever. Nothing's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I said, my my um, like three guys I rate, um, Adam Bomb. Yeah. Showbiz out of DITC, and Quadro from Ghetto Concept. Yeah, yeah. All three of these guys heard my album. I'm kind of interested to see what songs they like. Yeah. Adam, yeah, he's on somewhere down the line, but his track was Waste You and Die Empty. Right, of course. Showbiz, yeah, he liked the album. But the song that I thought was his least favorite, he was the one I liked that track nine, Die Empty. Yeah, yeah. Then Quadro. I understand why he would say, he would probably say Die Empty, because we did um we did a trap joint on my last album. But right, you see right. what I'm saying? The point is three cats I rate from underground hip hop heads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The tracks that I thought might have been their least, they were like, yo, that's that's what I like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I must be doing something right, and I feel like you just oh, gave me more. I mean, absolutely, that's, that was that was never never my point. Yeah. What, what my, my point was that Champagne Campaign actually felt like it's got that, that yeah. musicality that maybe I feel is missing from a lot yeah, of okay, the hip-hop so that I'm yeah. listening to. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is sometimes when, I, when I'm going, I like to just try and keep up to date and eclectic yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with all genres I like I said I'm an old school rock and roll guy but I like to keep keep uh you know tabs on everything that's going, going on, on so yeah. when I'm listening to some top 40 tunes there's that musicality I feel like there's something missing and even I'm, I'm listening to it and it's almost like you know like watching a foreign language film but here's the thing though I, I, I feel like I don't understand the music watch this though yeah yeah I'm gonna play Angel's so, Advocate do watch it do this, it man. Angel's I like that do we have a drummer? Do we have like a horn section? 
Do we have a bass player? No, we use drum machines. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's aficionados out there. Right, right. When they saw the evolution of this new genre of music, mm -hmm. they probably had no respect for us, for the fact that, mm -hmm. where's your horn section? You guys know how to read music? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know how to, you know what I'm saying? So every era, there's been a changing of the guard. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Every era, there'll be people who appreciate and accept and embrace what you do, and there's going to be times in every era where people reject. Of course, what you do. You know what I'm saying? It's the same, and it's like you said, it's the same in every genre. People, every genre. People say to me, you know, I have the my my old uncles or something. They're like, man, they don't make music like the Stones used to make music. And I said, that's not that's not true. Nobody's changing music now. I said, that's definitely not true. You know, you listen to a band like Muse or yeah. something like that. These guys are bringing. These guys are changing what instruments can do and yeah. stuff like that. So, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And maybe that's what I'm saying is this is me trying to put myself in yeah. a genre. I'm not always. Yeah, but totally I'm just there. glad that I, I just, you know, what's so funny. My man Lord Quest, yeah, he's one of the dopest producers out of the city. On my last album, Coach Fresh, the tracks he produced for me were Skyscraper, which featured Cool Keith from Ultra Magnetic, yeah, Mr. Evans, which featured my man Razkaz, and those are two like bangers. Like those are like yeah. some heavy hitting head bangers. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, yo, I'm working a new album. Let, let me hear some beats. When he gave me th these beats, I'm like, there must be a reason why he gave me these beats. Okay. There must be a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of me being like, yo, I wanted stuff like we did last album, I'm like, okay, there must be a reason why Lord Quest gave me these beats. Let me listen to them. Let me see what I can do with them. Okay. And I know I surprised them with what I came with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, look at the... Look at the uh, the diversity, like from drama to like minor chords. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like minor chords is serious too with, yeah. with Planet Asia. Then you got like Way Shoot and yeah. Die Empty. Those are like different types of sounds, man. Yeah. I'm darker than blue. I'm fusing reggae, conscious reggae with trap. And with me singing, you know, back to back with Blessed. Like, come on, like I did, we did some cool stuff, but if I was to stay in a little box, I would have never done that. Right. You know what I'm saying so. True. Did those beats that that Quest gave you make make the out? All all those ones I just mentioned. Yeah. He so produced, which which ones were his? He beats? produced Waste You. He produced Die Empty. He produced Drama, and he produced Minor Chords. And there's one more he did that I'm, I'm not thinking right now. Let me see. Drama he did. Waste You. He did. Darker than Blue. Minor Chords. Die Empty. Five. He did. We produced five tracks. Right? Sick. Socrates did, did. Yeah, I noticed there was a lot of work with Socrates One. on this album. That's six. Till Mason did two. And I did. Me and Secret Suburbia did one. And then, yeah, man, this is a dope album, man. Dope album. <laughs> dope album. Absolutely, man. Is there any? Uh, I mean, you've gotten a chance to work with so many great artists. Is there anybody still on that list? Like that dream list? Or you don't have one? You're just a kind of... Nah, I don't as got a dream list, man. No? It comes, it comes, man. A lot of artists I like, man. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily have a dream list. I wrote a book called Stick to Your Vision, and Chuck D wrote the foreword for it. That, man, that, that's one of my biggest musical highlights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything else I do now is a bonus, man. You know? Mm. Yeah. 
So t- tell me a little bit about the book. The book's called Stick book. to Your Vision. Yeah. Man. It's, it's cool, man. I got the opportunity to write. It's a Random House Publishing. It's a motivational joint. I do a lot of um, presentations across the city. You know, I did I did a TED Talks recently. Yeah. You know, so it was good. So what 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 inspired you to to my to fans do the inspired book? me, man. Yeah. They're like yo, man, we grew up listening to you. You know, maybe one day you should write a book. So I did, man. There you go. So and now I've I've even heard that uh, the book's even a part of some school curriculum. In Halifax, yeah. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? And and you know, I'm excited about that, man. That's the highlight for me as an artist to have something like that. Um, Pass on to the next generation. Yeah, you know, I'm very excited about that. I received an honorary diploma from the the college of uh, the Akerley campus. Yeah. In uh, Nova Scotia, so that's that's a blessing right there, man. And you know. You and know. have have you heard, uh, you know, from some of your fans, some success stories, you know, from you know maybe something they've read in the book or heard from one of your speeches and Always, music man. that they've produced and Always, man. Yeah. People tell me that all the time that I've inspired them. So, you know, my community let me know. But there's still a lot more for me to do, man. When I got that diploma, mm-hmm. I felt great, you know. But then a friend of mine who was graduating there, she's a sister, named Denise, uh, Denise Waters, she was getting a Governor General Award for welding. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a mother of four, single mother of four kids, and she got the biggest award. You know what I'm saying? Here I am with my gown on, like, yo, I'm feeling good. Let's yeah. Shit. <laughs> I reached a destination, but she, it was like the work that's, I got strength from her, like, yo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, even, it just reminded me, like, when I went to Juno's for the first time, I'm feeling good. Juno's about the size of, like, a water bottle, a little bigger. <laughs> but then, you know, Leonard Cohen was receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. His reward was like a grand piano. <laughs> so it showed me I, I reached a destination, but there's still more for There's me still to more do. to do. And that's how I move. Still more that's why I don't stress what I do, um, what I've done in the past, man. It's, do, I'm you proud have, of it. do you have, uh, like, goals you set for yourself? Or, or do you kind of take the opportunity kind of, you know, as they come? A bit of both. I don't like to spew out too much until it's time. That's why and then you'll, you'll ask me to come back again. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. And you know, that's but, right. Um, totally. Yeah, I'm always moving, man. I got auditions. I got projects I'm working on. You know, I was on Mr. D for eight seasons. Um, you know, a lot of acting throughout the years as well. So you know, but hip hop's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you know, still just before we get off the the motivational topic, uh, I even saw. Uh, a quote that you had told Cardinal once to, uh, you know, above everything, you know, finish, finish, stay in school, finish your post-secondary. Well, above yeah. all that, it wasn't just that. Mm-hmm. And that's one, that's probably my favorite MC, no, not probably, Cardinal is my favorite MC out of Toronto. Yeah. Done. And I like a lot of cats, you know what I'm saying? I'm a fan of my city yeah. and what artists, but that dude right there, something special for that, that, that guy, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't the fact that, um, what I said about schools per se, the big message was, don't f- don't watch nobody. You okay. do you. Understand? What I'm saying we're here for a reason, so I'm not going to give you no big crazy story of, of how things are, man. You know, you're here for a reason, and it shows. And look how we look. Look at the things he's doing on mm-hmm. and off the mic. So that, that's my dude right there, man. That's good to hear. And um, you mentioned being on uh, Mr. D for. For eight years. How did how did you transition into acting? I saw Tupac and Juice. 
Yeah. And I said, yo, this dude went to acting classes, so let me take acting classes. Man. So you took a couple, you took some classes. Still do, man. I need to take the next one. Keep sharp, man. Yeah. Where did so where did you do the classes? Downtown Toronto. Yeah. So I work with like Bruce Clayton, um, David Rodenberg, um, Sears and Switzer. Rest in peace to one of my favorite acting coaches, um, Jacqueline McClintock. Yeah. She studied. We studied Meisner with her Meisner technique. You know, um, Tanya Smith, mm-hmm. who's on um, Empire, and she's yeah. on. Um, She's done a couple movies, man. Tasha, you know, Tasha Smith, rather. Tasha Smith is dope. She was a good teacher as well when I was at LA. So I'm always learning. That's cool. What was your What was your first gig as a an actor? Can't know my first gig, but uh, maybe Metropia was one of them. A show called Metropia, but I know yeah. I, I had a tiny role in a movie called Paid in Full. Yeah. And then. Um, Four Brothers. I saw. It's, Four Brothers. That's a dope movie. I got a movie with Jamie Fox called. Um, Redemption. Yeah. I was with Mackay Firefoot and Jessica Alba and Honey. Yeah. So, you know, put a lot of film and TV. I was an instant star while Drake was doing um, Degrassi. So, right, you know, right. That's where I first met the brothers, so I'm proud of him. Did you ever get, uh, I don't want to say the word starstruck, but, you know, did you ever get that cool, cool feeling when you're working with someone that maybe you've seen in movies before? Jim Brown. Yeah? Yeah, Jim, I was on an episode of Soul Food. Yeah. And Jim Brown's an actor, but obviously we know him as the great sports legend. You know right. what I'm saying? So when I was on set, so when I see Jim Brown, I could not believe it, man. I was surprised. So him, Quincy Jones, when my Quincy Jones, I was kind of like, you know. Yeah. But those two probably. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, man. So before, before we wrap or anything, um, for our listeners, you know, as... Uh, Maybe someone who's who's a young kid, maybe who's who's making music now. What what would be like one piece of advice you would give them? I said, don't make records, man. Make history. You have an opportunity here. You know, we've been sitting here for a while, going through my stuff and and um, the songs that I did. There's a reason why 30 years later, people still checking for me. You know, what I'm saying I did something that that's um, that's different than the artists we mentioned. Look at those artists we mentioned, even in, in talking. Like yeah, another one, Smokey Robinson, Bob Dylan. We didn't mention Bob Marley. Yeah. Along with the Quincy Joneses and, and the and the Michael Jackson and, and the and the and Rush we mentioned before, but like Brian Adams, mm-hmm. um, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, all these artists did they didn't make records, they made history. Then we look at hip hop artists, Wu Tang Clan, they they made history. You know what I'm saying? Nas, especially that first album. You know? Eminem, like you made history, man. Like, you know, take your time with your craft and you can see your list of my album, like you could tell that. You can tell my pen game is on point. You can tell yeah. that I put work into that. Right. You know what I'm saying? From It's 42 minutes and 39 seconds. And you can tell that what I did, I wasn't playing, man. And I had fun. Now, what about what about for someone trying to get their 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 craft out there? Well, that's what, what I was saying right there for that. In terms of getting your stuff out there, you know, I, I, Kat should be asking, um, telling me what to do. I, I just learned copy and paste last week. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm an old school head, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This is a different time. Anyone can get their music out right now. That's why I said, um, while you anyone can get their music out there, take time and put your stuff out properly and try right. to get right. it out there. You know? Take the time. Uh, if you can, you know? And that, that, that's kind of my advice or whatever like that. And make sure you're having fun. You know, you don't want to make your passion your liability. You know, do other things. Like, you know, after this, I got, I got like auditions. I got stuff that I'm working on too. You know what I'm saying? So I love what I'm doing. You know, tomorrow I got like CP24. I got other. Yeah, yeah. I got other interviews and stuff like that to support the project. 
and I'm trying to do some touring in the in the fall and winter, but you know, we got to keep it moving, man, you know? And as long as you have fun, and I'm definitely having fun, and you can tell, you can tell I'm having fun with this album, man. That's why we're celebrating. I'm and the Junos, that's what we did. We celebrated to see Corey Hart, you know, do yeah, what he's he back, did. Eh? Yeah, come on, man. That was so dope, yeah. man, you know? Corey was dope, definitely. So tell me, before we say now, tell me, tell me a little bit about the Junos. Tell me some of the highlights. Before, like before my man, like I just mentioned, he was he yeah. was the one well, the that was it. That was yeah. it for you, eh? Um, Hawaii Mighty and myself performed at Juno Fest was dope. Like I said, I came up with Dusty Wallace and Adam Bomb, so that was dope too. Um, I had a nice record release party up in in London as well. That was beautiful. Shout out to my man Dio Gibson. But just being there, you know, having the song acknowledged, you know. Are you gonna Are you gonna tour for Champagne Campaign? That's what I'd like. I'd like yeah. to do like a thirty year anniversary tour. Okay. You know, and you know, that's kind of where my head is at. So basically, the album was to promote the tour. Okay. But and then who are you gonna take with you on the tour? I don't know yet, man. We'll see what's on the popping, man. This yeah. Some cats I like. You know, definitely. But I'm having fun, man. As you can tell, man. You know, it's been a. Been, you know, I'm doing the. Um, I just got a show with Boys to Men. I just really. Been, that's coming up. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm flying to Vancouver and performing the Canucks game. Okay. So, you know, I stay busy, man. I definitely stay busy. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's a blessing. That's great. Yeah, take one day at a time and, and one step at a time, and I feel good about it. All right, Maestro. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm glad. Man, this is a pleasure, man. This is a pleasure. We made it happen, man. I thought it'd be cameras and stuff. No, so no, so man. You tell me that's why I laid back. I'm like, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the whole point. Just chill. Yeah, man. Talk about some music. Yeah, and man. That's it. I'm Wait glad you can make it up. Be adamantium.